Welcome to Leadership 2020. I'm Claire Carpenter. So I'm joined this morning by um, Yemi Olegbai from Softwire. Yemi, you're the head of sales at Softwire. Thank you for joining me this morning. We're going to talk about why it's really important to create and build a great team culture from a leadership point of view. So be perfect if you could just give me a bit of context around what's going on for you with that at the moment. Yeah, so I think this is actually quite an interesting topic for myself to answer because working at Softwire, we've had previously a larger sales team than, than we currently do. So started off with a certain number of people that's kind of wound down as the year's gone on. And so I, I'm now fresh in the situation of building my team up again from ground zero. And, and as a part of that, sort of embedding a culture that I think sort of helps maintain the tenets of a kind of an efficient and a, a well-operating department. So it's, it's very much fresh in my mind. It's something that I'm thinking of with each new person that I hire at the moment. So just thinking about why that's important to you, what, what difference will that actually make for you? Well, I guess the, the, the difference is, I mean, if, if we look at the context of, of my situation, I think the difference is that perhaps the culture wasn't quite there that is the reason that led to that sort of turnover of staff. And obviously that's just a bit of a drain on everyone involved because there's then, you know, when, when, when people leave, there's the kind of the added workload to those that are still existing. There's just the pain of recruitment, which I'm sure we all find, you know, a bit of a, a, a challenge and, and time labour-intensive kind of thing to do. So I think it's important to build the right culture right from day one so as to you know keep retention high but to also kind of make work an enjoyable an enjoyable thing you know I take the approach of work to live rather than live to work and so I feel like there there should be more to you going into the office every day than just I mean from a salesperson's perspective than just let's make some money and I think that's really important you know job satisfaction and such. So I'm interested in what the impact is of you as the leader of that team on the culture how does that work? The first thing that I'll point out there is is that it's really important to be the leader of said culture rather than the manager of said culture and just kind of providing everyone with with kind of a high level framework for said culture ideally one that everyone is everyone is bought into you know having everyone kind of collectively sitting down and agreeing okay well we'll this is how we see ourselves. This is how we see ourselves fitting into this team. And so this is kind of the culture that we feel we would want to be a part of if created. And then just kind of leading by example, rather than micromanaging individuals to that sort of granular level that doesn't offer them, you know, flexibility, autonomy, and just general job satisfaction. So I, I think my, my role is really to kind of to set the tone, but ultimately to just kind of leave people free to then operate within, within that framework, like I said. And there's and there's lots of research and lots of writing actually that supports that, isn't there, in terms of how you as a leader build and develop culture. I'm just interested in how do you practically do that? Though? What what do you do when you meet people to understand whether or not they're going to fit into the culture that you want to create? Well, at the end of the day, one thing we have to remember is that we're all people, we're all human beings, right? So so one of the first things that, that you need to do is is to just kind of get to know people on a personal one-to-one level individually. And it's like a dating game, really, isn't it, right? You know, it's like you're, you're kind of matching your sort of characteristics and your internal values against those other people. And and if those things match, well, then you've, you've got the foundations of what could then be a strong culture because you're you're all, you're both on the same page and if you're both on the same page you can then both start to work to collaborate and create something together 
and 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 I and I really mean create something together because I think that I've seen certain cultures where the culture's been sort of there already and it's actually quite hard for ostensibly competent people to fit into that culture because they they sort of they're coming in from the outside and and they're not sort of they're not aligned as people okay so they they're not right for that culture but I think if you are in my position where you're starting from ground zero find people that you just connect with on a personal level find people that you connect with in terms of their innate human values and from there you have the beginnings of of kind of a we're all in it together kind of scenario yeah and so would is your recruitment process does it, does your recruitment process reflect looking for those sort of values oh totally because i i think that i mean sales is an interesting thing anyway because testing for sales i feel that you can't as much as other sort of roles go through the the methodical and and the kind of the rigorous right we're going to ask exactly the same questions exactly the same way and exactly you know for every individual i don't i don't think that necessarily works because it misses the nuances of like i'm saying who a person really is and because that's what sales is about is is people buy from people you know so it it's kind of you as an individual as a person that that connects with the buyer and and all of that so i think the same sort of thing happens in the recruitment process where it's not formalized don't get me wrong there's there's a structure and there's there's a framework but it is just it's a conversation that's really trying to get underneath the bonnet of of kind of what makes you you and does that fit in with what makes me me what makes us us as a team and if all of those things start to align well then yeah we can sort of move through the process to then actually testing on sales acumen sort of experience skills capability etc but but that that first step for us through through the process we've been going has very much been just getting to know the people and i think also because this is a slight tangent but i think interviews can be quite weird anyway because you know we all go to interviews and we all put on this facade and we all kind of you know create this persona that we hope is going to help us get the job so i feel like by immediately you know the the moment that people walk in the door breaking down that barrier and just kind of letting them drop their guard a little to to i mean on the one hand to kind of test them and see what they do in that scenario of dropping their guard because mm. there's still some threshold of professionalism you need to maintain but also just trying to get a, a kind of um you know no bs kind of look at, at kind of who is that that person so looking ahead when you've you've brought your team on board and you found people that that initially meet your expectations in mm. terms of shared values mm. and people that you want to connect with people that you like to connect with how will you keep that culture alive in your team so i th- think it starts first and foremost with the sort of creating a, a, a common vision you know it's, it's like i was saying earlier having more than just let's we're all here to make money you know mm. you can have kind of goals that are set by i don't know the board of directors or 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 kind of other senior managers within the company but i think those will still be something to work towards but mm. you guys as a team need to sort of at, at the beginning of of kind of your 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 period of work sit down and collectively work towards something that you're all agreed in and that may be something as simple as i don't know we want to be the happiest team within the company or we want to 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 be um we want to contribute to sort of outselling our our competitors or something like that but something that you can all kind of be bought into and agree to because that's what everything is continuously going to tie tie back to but then i think that there are some some other things day to day that hopefully kind of come as a byproduct of having chosen the right person that just help keep things churning along and those are things like funny enough I was thinking this the other day because we were putting together our strategy for next year you know some some key things that I think really help are like having a a sort of a, well culture process workflow for continual learning and development because I think 
Again, like I said, it's more than just coming to work to, to make money, to make money for yourself. You want to feel like you're developing as an individual. You know, we have this in other aspects of our lives, so why shouldn't that be the same in, in, in kind of the workplace? So having s some sort of a structure around being able to sort of evaluate, monitor and review and, and kind of coach and mentor people through their careers mm. and, and accepting that, that that might actually lead to a situation, you know, where they, they eventually leave. But I think for the duration of them being a part of your team, you are going to get the best out of them. You know, and no one stays anywhere forever anyway. So I think that's one thing. I think also one of the things I was thinking when going through the strategy was this concept of agile working, okay. right? So I work for a, a soft, where development house and so agile is kind of very common to the engineers and the software developers. And I thought to myself, well, actually, hold up a second. There are so many tra transferable tenants to this that we can sort of take on as well. And not just from a, a kind of, you know, shareholder interest of being able to uh, adapt to sort of market needs, but also just as a team being able to, you know, shift tack and, and strategy and how you're working and, and, and sort of dynamically take on new ideas and experiment with those kind of, you know, build new processes and, and sort of measure how you're doing against those and, and kind of learn from, from those. And, that, you know, it ties into continual development as well. But that agility in your work process, you know, not being afraid to tear down old processes because they're just not working anymore or they're not working for the new people that you're recruiting and dynamically shift to a totally new workflow, I think is really, really important to keeping work fresh, keeping people stimulated and, and keeping just the whole thing alive. So you've talked, you've talked there really passionately about investing in, in your team and thinking about how you're working with them for them to continuously develop and also to think more agilely and to actually behave in a more agile way. And how will you know if it's working? How will you, how will you measure the success of the culture that you're developing? I mean, there, I guess there's numerous ways to measure it. And, and you kind of, you probably want to be setting yourself some form of smart goals, you know, at the beginning of this, so that it's not this open-ended, loose, oh, we'll just try this new thing and kind of see what happens. Mm. But smart goals only takes you so far. I think as well as that, it's about regular meeting. Now, that regular meeting, I actually think, is, is twofold, because I think on, on the one hand, there's the, the regular meeting as a team. So, I mean, one thing that I think we've been quite good at doing is, is kind of having quarterly meetings with the team. You know, and it's just an opportunity for everyone to, to sit down to kind of, well, a number of things, really, actually. It's not just the, the measuring of the new things. It's, it's the reflecting back and kind of, you know, rejoicing on, on the, the, the good things that we've managed to achieve collectively as a team. But then also it's the kind of the, you know, evaluating of kind of where the gaps are and kind of what experimentation needs to be done. And it's also looking at what experimentation has already been done and kind of measuring kind of progress against key results that we've identified. So one tactic that I've used that's slightly different from the traditional sort of KPI format that you'll find a lot of people doing in sort of sales culture of, you know, this many calls and this many meetings and opportunities mm is the idea of OKRs that, that allows for a more sort of collaborative way of working as a team, allows for a, a sort of a more autonomous way of working towards something. And the idea is, so, so the OKR, so the O in OKR stands for objective and the KR stands for key results. And what that means is that you can actually give someone a lot more freedom to achieve something without necessarily having this kind of old school micromanaging style. Okay, so you, you say to someone, okay, well, you know, you salesperson, you, you're, you're okay. One of your OKRs is to increase lead conversion by, by 20% or is to break into the financial services sector. Mm -hmm. Now, that's actually quite a high level sort of objective for someone to achieve, right? So you obviously don't leave it there. You need something more 
specific and measurable within there but th that's what the KR stands for the key results and and you kind of leave the individual to kind of define their own key results that you then obviously approve but it just means that there's a bit more self-management style they know that they've just got a high level goal they're working towards they agree the granularity of that with their with their managers their line manager or, or, or whoever and then you're managing results rather than activities yeah. and I think that's really important to give people a sense of kind of um, ownership within the team, a sense of kind of their own sort of place. And, and like I said, self-management. So that's at the team level. I also think that it's important for individuals to have regular meeting on, on, on the sort of the one-on-one -on -one level as yeah. well. Because continual learning and development, yes, happens at a team, but it also happens at the individual level. And I think making your team realise that you are invested in individual development as well as team development that you're sort of you're available for one-on-one -on -one meetings rather than, than than just the you know the, the big sales meetings where everyone sort of joins I think it fosters this culture of inclusion and importance at an individual level. So you talked about some some really interesting ideas there and um, some of your words really stand out to me so <laughs> they're no they really do in a really good way <laughs> um, um, so you talked about celebrating um, yes. the successes of your team and you talked in fact the word that you used was rejoicing in what they've done it's <laughs> yeah. a really powerful word isn't it yeah do you know I don't even know why I've used that word now but I, I think it's I think it's it's right because I think when you say the word celebrate and rejoice you you, you don't normally associate them with work yeah. but I, I think that they should because as a kid you grow up and, and you kind of through your adolescence you don't necessarily know what you want to do but you'll have other things in your life that that you do enjoy doing and that you are passionate about and we don't always fall into into exactly kind of the roles that we want to. But that doesn't mean that work can't be providing that same fun and that same passion. It's about satisfaction, right? Satisfaction is something that should be celebrated and rejoiced. Oh, it sounds cringy now that I'm saying yeah. that word again. But no. satisfaction should be rejoiced because I, I think that whether it's work, whether it's, I mean, whether it's, you at home sort of you know cooking for the first time a new recipe that you, you found somewhere mm. you get satisfaction out of it and that's what spurs you on to continue to do it or continue to to, to develop that and surpass yourself mm. and so those kind of things should be celebrated really celebrated and rejoiced rather than just a very basic congratulation or rewarding i don't think those things those words and, and those kind of actions necessarily give the same forward-looking power that rejoicing and celebrating something truly does yeah there's lots of evidence that says that hooking into someone's emotion mm. um creates a really strong sense of culture and a mm. sense of loyalty Bingo. that creates that and this is why i sometimes shy away from the idea of you know, this is why I said the word reward earlier doesn't give that same thing. This is why I shy away from some of these kind of schemes where you are just kind of blindly giving out rewards and the rewards aren't really tied to outcomes. The rewards are tied to activities. And I, I think that just kind of skews what you're really trying to achieve there. Whereas I think exactly as you said, tying into... Tying into emotion is a really, really powerful thing. I mean, again, another tangent, but it's something that we see happening in, in, in politics and much of the rhetoric in, in politics today is, is, that, is how powerful you can get people to sort of follow along to a cause when you tie into kind of, you know, core human emotions. But I think there are really positive ways that you can, you can use that same principle yeah. within the workplace and within a, a team environment. 
So interesting. So, so we're, we're talking about creating and maintaining a team culture that mm. supports your performance goals and, and also the way that you want to work, the environment that you want to work in. Mm. Um, and other things that you've talked about there are um, some time as a team and individually to reflect on that mm. and sort of take time out and think about actually how people are behaving as well as performing. So it might be interesting to say some more about about that maybe, what, what you see from that. One thing I, I would like to touch on actually is going back to what I was saying at the beginning about people being people. Mm. And I, I think the regular meeting to, to, you know, the rejoice, celebrate, and that, that's all one side of it. I think another side of it is just the kind of the recharging, right? Yeah. So being able to kind of, you know, have a, have a bit of a reset into how you're doing things because... It's quite hard, really, to sort of have a high-level objective and then go away. And what, you know, 12 months later, you come back and, and, and kind of have to have still had that motivation the entire way along. I think recharging is another element of these, these um, regular meetings. And within that, bonding. Bonding with each other, you know, whether that's company outings or events or kind of, you know, team sort of building things or even just, you know, drinks or, or whatever. Yeah, I think bonding is important to that. So yeah, I, th- I think it's it's important to meet regularly. To it's a bit like propaganda, actually. Sorry, and this is going to sound like a massive tangent here, right? It's a bit like propaganda. So one of the main tenets of propaganda is just kind of repeating this the, the same thing again and again and again until it, it gets imbued within your 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 sense of being, and that's why you have things like chanting and all of that. Now, not saying that I'm trying to create a cult or anything, but <laughs> but I do think that that having those those regular meetings and having a, a chance to just yeah reach like you know, you got the rejoicing, but the recharge and the kind of the reset and the kind of right guys, let's just bring it back to what did we agree is our common vision here, right? Are we still working towards that? Are we still able to achieve that? Is that still even the right vision for us to have as as, as a team? Or do we need to, to sort of pivot based on behavior of different individuals and, and then sort of their successes or equally failures, which might I add is, again, a really, really important thing in a team, okay, is to understand that it's it's okay to fail. Because once you understand it's okay to fail, you're more likely to experiment and you're more likely to sort of stumble on, you know, gold, wisdom, whatever, and to encourage a, a culture of, of, of failing fast, which, you know, I, I see our engineers do lots in sort of how they approach their work, but whether it's sales, admin, HR, whatever function, I mean, every department's culture should have an idea of not being afraid to fail, to give people the encouragement to be innovative in what they do. Because it's, it's, it's through innovation that you, you become more successful, that you, you know, achieve greater things. So just thinking about your top tips for somebody coming into an environment where they're going to be working towards building a team perhaps for the first time. Mm. What do you think from all of the things you've talked about this morning are really key to building a successful team culture? So I think creating a culture of, that supports continual learning and development is totally key. I think that creating a common vision as as a group and sort of bringing others along in, in, in the planning process, I think, is key. I think that meeting regularly, I think focusing on both individual and team development equally is important. I guess for the individual themselves, actually, what did I read the other day? Mentoring over management. I really like that way of, of articulating it. But yeah, making sure that you're, you're a leader and a mentor and a coach rather than a manager, I think is key. I think creating opportunities for the team is really important just 
and and that's actually twofold, both for themselves in terms of their sort of career progression and their career growth, but also creating opportunities for the team to talk to each other and to collaborate with each other. And, and kind of, I think some of the best sort of pseudo teams are actually sometimes the ones that are sort of created informally within individuals, within a, within a department, within a team, rather than ones that you've you kind of forced on, on, on people. So I think that's, that's, that's key as well. Yeah, and just, and just working, working agile, you know, so, so having a, a sort of dynamic workflow that's not too rigid, that gives people the freedom and the flexibility and the autonomy to just kind of go out there and try, try new and different things. And actually tied into that also, I'm, I'm losing count of how many, whether this is 10, <laughs> but also tied into that is, is having good sort of trust and communication with the team. I mean, that's sort of tied into the mental thing as well, but trust your team to just achieve the results, okay? Trust them to have something that they're working towards, a system for communicating their progress against that and leave them to it, you know, and, and see, see where they get to. And if they don't get to where they need to be, make sure that you've got some sort of, um, like we were saying earlier, a kind of a, a system in place for measuring progress against success that means that you can kind of spot that as early as possible and give them help where they need rather than kind of letting them struggle and 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 five months down the line you realize oh that wasn't working out i don't know if that's 10 but that's my key tips (laughs) brilliant thank you thanks for sharing that with us and no worries good luck with building and creating that fingers crossed (laughs) (laughs) thank you cheers Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Smart Speaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a rating and review to help others find out about the show. This is a Podo podcast produced by Nick Hilton in association with Corndell. Corndell.